Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast God's Holy Word. I am your lovely host Leslie Sullivan. And today is episode 55. And we're going to take a look at the book of Proverbs. We're going to look at chapter 25, verses 11 and 12. And I'm going to be reading from the NASB version. So let's take a look at this one. It says like apples of gold in settings of silver is a word spoken in right circumstances. Like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. Now, as I've said in times past, when I was younger, I did not like the book of Proverbs. It irritated me. In fact, it angered me because either a I did not understand what it was saying or what I read. I didn't always like because I thought it was harsh. This one is a good verse. So, needless to say, I've gotten over whatever apprehension I had towards the book of Proverbs. and i truly believe the only reason why i was able to get over the apprehension was to take it up in prayer and just say lord help me understand proverbs help me understand your word because there's something going on in my heart and my soul that is making me not like this so i'm glad that i lifted up that prayer and just opened up to god because for the longest time i felt ashamed for not liking different parts of god's word like that was one one reason why i did not read The Bible was because I was kind of worried or scared I was going to come across something that I did not like or that I did not agree with or I did not understand. And so now that I understand more of what's going on, now I can appreciate verses like this. So let's dive into this one. Like apples of gold and settings of silver is a word spoken in right circumstances. What I love about that first part is it says word spoken. There are so many things about God's holy word that makes it very clear that we are supposed to speak God's holy word. And we are supposed to speak the blessing of God at all times. Now again, that doesn't mean be a Bible thumper and live in a bunker. It doesn't mean that you come across as super religious. It just means that you're a good kind person, you speak nice things. That and let me say this as well. It doesn't mean that that you become a doormat and that you don't stand up for what's right. Because God is very clear about what we are supposed to speak about. We're supposed to speak his word, but what's interesting about speaking God's word and walking that path is that we are supposed to call people out on stuff. Not in a mean or hateful way, but we're not supposed to tolerate injustice. We're not supposed to tolerate sin. We're not supposed to be tolerant quote unquote you know to tolerate you know that word has been so misused lately in our society and i think it's very horrible that that word has been misused the way that it's being used you know let me put a little spotlight on this for just a moment let's say for example you and i are friends and instead of saying i love you i say i tolerate you Would you feel loved by me if I said that to you? Oh, I tolerate you. You know, would that sound very kind for me to say that to you or vice versa if you were to say that to me? I think we can both agree the answer is no. Like whatever you tolerate is not technically what you love. It's not something that you accept. It's not something that you appreciate. So this whole We're supposed to tolerate stuff. That's actually not the Christian way of living, and that's not what God tells us to do at all. If anything, it's the opposite. We are we are not supposed to be tolerant. 
that doesn't give us permission to be hateful or cruel or mean or aggressive not by any means it just means that we don't tolerate what is outside of the goodness of god and we don't settle for less than god's best see whatever we tolerate is what we allow to contaminate so for example i know there have been some parents that have been very concerned about the what's it called the not criterion the critical race theory I don't blame parents for being concerned about that because you know what's interesting is that the critical race theory claims to teach tolerance about all races but it really doesn't from what I have seen it basically demonizes anyone that's white and it demonizes the very history of the United States and it's wanting to rewrite history well that's lying so if we tolerate critical race theory then we are allowing lies to infiltrate our educational system and not tell the truth about this country. Did we have slavery? Yes. But we are also not the only ones that had slavery on this planet and we were not the ones that invented slavery, especially not for the African Americans. And if anything the United States was one of the first countries, one of the first nations to abolish slavery. especially for African Americans we abolished it so you know here again we need to be careful what we are speaking because if i was to use you know a podcast platform to promote the critical race theory i think that would be wrong to do that to promote that because it's not telling the truth about the history of the united states and used to the history of your country was basic education We well, you know it's interesting is that a lot of Christians don't know the history of their faith. They don't understand the history of the church. They don't know the history of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Because they don't have that history, they don't have that foundation. They're easily swayed by this and that, and that's not how it's supposed to be. Cuz take a look at this verse again. It says like apples of gold and settings of silver. Notice those two metals there. Those are precious metals. Notice it doesn't say copper, nickel, you know, some of these, you know, less inferior or more inferior products. You know, when God speaks to us, it's of the finest nature. And whatever God blesses us with, it is of the best. That doesn't mean that we can't mine for copper or nickel or whatever the case may be, but You know the way our heavenly father views us is that we are his sons and daughters in Christ Jesus. We are in his family. So he's going to give us the best of the best, which is why he refers to gold and silver in this verse. Like apples of gold and settings of silver is a word spoken in right circumstances. You know what's interesting is that I can think back to several moments in my life where I was speaking, but I wasn't speaking in the right circumstances. And I just kind of felt like I put my foot in my mouth. And almost always it's because I'm nervous or I'm not sure what to do or I feel inferior compared to the other people that I'm around. Now let's take a look at that situation, right? First of all, if we know who we are in Christ Jesus, we are not inferior to anyone. Because no one is superior to us. Now that doesn't mean that we're better than other people in fact we're equals because we get our freedom from our heavenly father 
That's why it's very important for the United States to stay a Christian nation because we are the only nation to be the kind of nation that we are. We are the first of its kind on this planet. So we need to preserve the freedoms and the liberties that we have for sure. One of the ways that we can preserve our liberty and our freedom is to speak God's word. But we need to do it in the right circumstances. So for example, in a previous podcast I had mentioned that I attended a university and there was this guy, I think he's called Preacher Bob or something. I can't remember his name, but he was like in his 20s and his wife, she was in her 20s. I can't believe they actually got married because they were two very hateful people. But, you know, I don't even think his heart was in the right place, but he would just yell and scream at us as we were going to class. Like he was older than us, college students, and he was yelling at us that we're going to hell. His wife was horrible. She was a viper. Um she just assumed that if you're a woman, you're sleeping around. And it's like, "No, actually, you know, some of us are not. I can't speak for everybody, but I was not." So, you know, they were speaking a word they were using god's word but because their heart was full of hate their heart and their intentions were not in the right place so they weren't even really speaking god's word they were speaking hate and they were speaking in the wrong circumstances so if we put god first then when we speak his word it will be in the right circumstances it won't be based out of malice and it also will not be based out of fear none whatsoever it goes on to say like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear what i got out of this second verse is that you know what do we ordain ourselves with because this is talking about like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold again it's one of the most precious metals right well whatever we take on in our life is whatever we have how to describe this our lives are basically like a christmas tree you know at christmas we hang ornaments on our christmas trees right i know that there were a couple years in a row i did not always like the ornaments we were putting on the christmas tree because some of those ornaments brought back bad memories so whenever i got the chance i threw those ornaments out and i replaced those ornaments with beautiful ornaments whether they were expensive or not it didn't matter what the value was the actual cost it was what is the memory and what is the intent what does it remind me of see our lives were very much like a christmas tree and the different events that happen in our lives are an ornament that gets hung on our tree what do we want hung on our tree Do we want sadness, depression, anxiety, fear, turbulence, you know, lack of employment, you know, a horrible marriage, misbehaving children, cancer, rheumatoid arthritis, you know, are those ornaments that you want hung on your tree because whatever you hang on your tree is what first of all you know is there and what you are tolerating and what you are allowing to take place in your life. But it's also what people see when they see you. That's the thing. Like I learned over the years, like whenever I'm sick, don't talk about it. It's not shaming. It's just I don't want to have this how to describe this. I don't want people to see me as being sick all the time because I'm not. 
But what's interesting is that people hardly ever remember the good stuff about you. They just remember most of the time the juicy gossip about you. You know, you know, you got really sick. Oh, are you still suffering with that? No, that was five or six years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, but what about you know what was it like? Who cares? You know what I mean? Like, here's the thing: whatever comes out of your mouth is typically what comes to pass because words have power, especially for the Christian believer. It has tremendous power. So if all I'm ever talking about is death and disease, then that's probably what I'm going to have in my life. So even though there are times I may not feel very good for whatever reason. I choose to be healthy. I choose to be healed. That doesn't mean that I deny the facts. That doesn't mean that I live a lie. It just means I only want to talk about the good things in my life. I don't want to think about bad stuff. And I don't want people to associate me with disease, death, job loss, a bad marriage, bad kids. You know what I mean? So that's why, even though my circumstances may be something that I don't like. All I ever want on my tree are good memories, and you're probably thinking, "Well, Leslie, how does one do that? You focus on the goodness of God." Because let me say this: I can't provide my own goodness. I can't provide the goodness that I need in my life. I've learned that. I've tried it. I've tried to be so self-sufficient, like just extreme. And you know what? I was brought to my knees in misery because I learned that I can't do it on my own, and it's not because I'm a woman or that I'm a certain age or something that I've gone through. It's because I'm human. We're all human, and guess what? We cannot do it all by ourselves. Unfortunately, in the United States, we have this phrase: you know, you pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. Well, I got news for you: that only takes you so far. But you know who can take you further? Our heavenly Father. So then, when you go to your heavenly Father with these things, He takes away the misery and gives you blessing. So that way, the only thing that is hanging on your Christmas tree are are ornaments of honor, of majesty, of His glory, of His goodness, of His blessing. You know, health, wealth, prosperity. You know, a good marriage, good children, a wonderful job, a great boss, wonderful employees, you know, low gas prices, a nice car, excellent health, you know, doctors that actually listen to you, you know, things like that. The things that we want, the desires of our heart, are the things that should be on our Christmas tree. They're things that should be on the tree of our life. See, sometimes we forget that we are growing all throughout our life, both both physically, spiritually, and mentally. We are growing all throughout our life. You know, I love trees. I think trees are an excellent example of how to live our life. We need to put down really good roots, because without really good roots, it's very difficult, if not impossible, to stand the test of time. And when I say roots, I don't mean that it has to come from your family or from relatives. I mean that your roots need to be founded in God's holy word. You know, because let's say, for example, you have a great family. You know, let's say you were raised in a wonderful family, but now your marriage is kind of suffering. You're like, well, I had a great home life when I was a kid. Now I'm an adult. I married someone that I thought I was in love with. Now I'm not so sure. Well. 
when we talk about your root system, I'm not saying focus on the roots of your childhood or of your family because they can't help you with this stuff. And it's also not their responsibility. What I'm talking about is the root system within the family tree of God. Because God is the only one that can help us with these things. You know, I think sometimes when people think about their family roots, they they take it to the extreme, and that's because I live here in the Bible Belt in the central part of the United States, and everything is so family oriented. It's it's kind of psychotic. And it makes it very difficult for children to grow up and leave their parents and go live their own life. Like there's so many people that have never lived their own life because they're they're under the tentacles and wrapped up in this glass menagerie of of being a family even after the age of 18, which I'm not saying you dish your family or that you completely distance yourself from your family. I'm saying that you need to have your own identity otherwise you're not living the life that God called you to. So what I'm talking about getting your strength from your roots from your root system I'm not talking about your family or your heritage I'm not even talking about your genetic DNA or your chromosomes or things like that I'm not even talking about your childhood friends I'm talking about the holy word of God because that is the root system and the only root system that we should be tapping into every day of our life because only God is the one that can that that can adorn us with with royal robes. People can't do that. People will be jealous of you. You know, they'll they'll talk trash about you. And it, you know, that stuff hurts. I know I've been there, but we're not called to serve people. We're called to serve God. So if you make your root system just your family or just your country, and those two things are wonderful, but if that's all you have, and that's where you go to for support if you're not going to God first that's your biggest problem right there is not going to God first because God can't give you what you need if you don't go to him if you replace God with something else which can include people false ideologies false theologies false doctrines you're going to be very disappointed and here's another thing I love my country. I love the United States, but I know that our system in terms of social security, Medicare, disability, it's broken. It's been broken for a long time. And the reason why it's broken is because socialism doesn't work. Government is not our nanny. Government does not supply our needs. The only job government has is to tax us. at a reasonable rate which i personally think should not be higher than 10% on anyone government's job they have two purposes the first one is to collect taxes and the second is to protect the country with the military that's it everything else should not be in existence all these government programs all these subsidies because we the people are the government We the people call the shots and that you know that's not technically that's not something that just started with our founding fathers although they did start it here in the United States but it actually goes back to our heavenly father. Our heavenly father never wanted us to be how to describe this. He never wanted us to rely on Rome. 
He never wanted us to rely on the Romans. I mean, the Romans were hated back in the day. Because when they conquered you, it was pretty bad. They taxed you. I mean, if they didn't kill you or enslave you, they taxed you. So the Romans were not very well liked. They were mostly feared. But you know, there's a reason why our Heavenly Father wants us to go to Him for what we need, not our government, because you cannot trust government. And I'm not a conspiracy theory kind of person, not at all. I'm saying that when you put God first, then your government will behave the way it is supposed to. Because your government will fear God. But if your government does not fear God and does not honor God, it's a free-for-all. Which is where socialism comes from. It's where fascism comes from. And it's where communism comes from. We're not supposed to rely on government. We're supposed to rely on God. Now, mind you, our government here in the United States is one of the best. But it's being ripped apart by liberals by fascists, by communists and by socialists. And so, as I've always said ever since I was a teeny bopper, I'm like, "Hey, if you don't like it here in the United States, go live someplace else, but don't ruin it for everybody else." You know, this is why the state of Texas is not very happy right now with all these people from California moving there. Because Texans know The more Californians move there, the more likely Texas is going to become a blue state. It's going to be Democrat. And then it will eventually go down the tank. It will go down the rat hole just like California. You know, what's interesting is that these people that vote for all this government interference and high taxes and things like that, they ruin the economy where they live and then when it gets bad, they leave. and then they just ruin it wherever they move to it's like a plague i mean it's like it's like covid-19 but on your finances and on your banking system and on your real estate it's ridiculous but what's interesting is that these people that are leaving california that are still democrat or still liberal they don't get it They don't get it that their theology, whether they want to acknowledge it or not, their doctrine is wrong. Because whatever you believe in is what you worship. So even though there's some people that claim to be atheist or agnostic and they claim to not be religious, and don't get me wrong, I love those people. Technically, atheists and agnostics sometimes are way nicer than Christians. But here's the thing, Atheists and agnostics, if you're listening in, which, you know, God bless you for listening in on this. You're very much welcome to listen in anytime. I love you very much, and so does God, for sure. Here's the thing. Just because you don't believe in God or you don't practice a religion, you technically are practicing a religion because it's whatever you believe in is your religion. Which is why what you're doing is wrong because you're replacing God with something else. whether it's no faith at all or if it's science or if it's astrology or astronomy or evolution or darwinism or or whatever the case may be whatever you are putting first in your life and whatever your belief is that's what you're making your belief system and if it's not god you're missing the mark unfortunately and you're missing out on the goodness of god and i would hate that for anybody But here's the thing, I know personally, I can't save people. Only Jesus can do that. I can help people, I can help bring them to Christ, I can help teach them about Christ, 
But you know what? I can't force someone to believe in Christ. And here's another thing. Some of the worst people to deal with are Christians that are bitter and that do not want to believe in the goodness of God. Or they think that you're not worth saving. And it's like you got to be kidding me. We're both Christians and you think I'm not worth saving? Or they think that you're doomed and they're not. Like give me an unbeliever any day. Cuz unbelievers to me are way nicer than these than these Christians that they're unbelievably lost because they're like Pharisees and Sadducees like they're so wrapped up in their false indoctrination they're not even practicing the word of god because if they were practicing the word of god they would never be behaving the way that they are and they would never be looking down on other people the way that they are see you know, there are problems in the body of christ but you know let me say this The problems that we are having in the body of Christ is nothing compared to the problems in the world. Because even though the body of Christ it's not perfect, why? Because we're not perfect. Christ is perfect, which is why we are supposed to try and be Christ-like. That is supposed to be our walk in life. That's technically our duty is to be Christ-like, and it's a journey. It's not a destination, it's a journey, meaning every day is a new beginning, but it's also a new battle. So it's one of those things that, you know, if you think of yourself as like a tree and I do this sometimes because I love trees. You know, if you chop down a really large tree, you can tell how old a tree is by how many rings it has. So just think about the root system that is below the ground for a tree that let's say is 50 years old. That means it has 50 rings on it. So just because you chopped it down that doesn't mean its roots aren't still there. Cuz sometimes what will happen when you chop down a tree part of its root will sprout like there might be a little seedling there and it will branch off and sprout. See, the stronger your root system is, the tougher you are. God makes us tough. But if you don't have God in your life, you're not tough. You may think you are. You can be a bodybuilder, you can be rich, you can be wealthy, you can be super healthy, but here's the thing. You can lose all of that and become nothing very quickly. But here's the thing. When you are in Christ Jesus, if you lose everything, you are still something. And you will always be something in Christ Jesus because whatever the enemy steals from you, whatever he takes away from you, God will give it back to you. If not at a 7 or 100 fold. because God rewards us for our misery. But you see there's so many people they don't understand that you know when, when the devil is attacking you, the enemy's coming at you really hard, that means you're on to something good. That means the enemy knows, "Hey, God's about to bless this person. I better derail them so they'll think that they're not blessed." One of the quickest ways to lose your way or to lose your blessing is to believe that you are cursed and to think that it's all over, it's curtains, nothing good's going to happen to you. If anything, the more you go through in life, the more blessed you're going to be. That doesn't mean that God is putting those hardships on you because he's not, because God God is not the one that's hurting people, it's the devil. The devil has one mission. 
And that is to steal, kill, and destroy. That is the direct opposite of what God does. But you'd be surprised how many Christians who claim to know God's word and even read God's word, they think that God is causing all these problems. I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, it's no wonder that whenever they teach a class that people don't feel loved and they don't know the love of the Heavenly Father, it's because they're being lied to. I mean, I, you know, if someone's going to talk about God, I wish they would tell the truth about him. He's a kind, merciful, loving, heavenly father who always loves you no matter what. He doesn't want you dead. He doesn't want you cursed. He doesn't want you sick. He doesn't want you poor. It's just the opposite. So I encourage you, get a Bible if you don't have one. and read the bible read it as a love letter to you from god because that's what it is because god loves you he always has and he always will i will go ahead and end this podcast but until next time i pray that you're happy healthy and whole that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week thank you so much bye bye So it's only left to ask